Yo, 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 what is good, my people? Today is allegedly Monday, November the 2nd. We are in November now. It is cold outside here in Ontario, where good things grow, you know. And uh, as always here on the Alcast, it's a pleasure to be with you, pleasure to be your host. I am Al Adams, and today we are going to be talking about all the goings-on of yesterday and the day before that in the worlds of mixed martial arts, i.e. UFC, the biggest organization, and, um, of course, some NFL action, as well as all kinds of boxing news and goings-on. So let's not jump all over the place, shall we? Let's take her one at a time. I got one coffee in me, one little of them Nescafe, sweet and creamy. It's kind of felt like a two-coffee kind of morning, but, you know, I just said, let's roll with it and uh, pump out the pod quick and easy. So let's start off with the boxing news, shall we, with a uh, the clip of the week, which is a segment I kind of missed in the last couple podcasts. I just wasn't, like, um, really seeing a lot of good clips coming up regarding, like, the news stories and stuff I was talking about. But um, this one is one I'm sure if you're paying attention to the world of boxing you've all heard up till this point but i'll set it up for you guys in a moment all right here we go just booting it up here give me a sec tell us that silence is golden but my ears can still hear and my eyes can still see the bible also tells us to be to be swift to hear and slow to speak you see, what you don't understand, thief, what you did is what my people deal with all the time. Someone cheating them from providing their greatness into the world. But it's a burden that we cut off only to make us stronger. I saw in the first fight where Ricky Haddon was pulling down your gloves to put your fist in an improper position. Y'all, y'all tried the same method the second time, but this time you scratched flesh out of my ears, which caused my ears to bleed. It's impossible for a brand new 10 ounce glove to bend, to keep a smushed in form, or to have loose space. I highly believe you put something hard in your glove, something the size and the shape of an egg weight. Here's the reason why the side of my face swelled up in an egg weight form. And it left a dent in my face as well. <laughs> but in the midst of it all, you still couldn't keep this king down. You would have had to kill me. In the end, it took a crab in a bucket referee and a disloyal trainer to throw the towel in just to stop me. <laughs> Proverbs the Sid chapter 30, 31 says, Excuses may be found from a thief who steals because he is starved. But if he is caught, he will have to pay back seven times what he stole. Even if he had to sell everything in this house and payback is coming. All right. That was, of course, uh, Mr. Deontay Wilder talking about his fight last December with uh, Tyson Fury, the rematch, alleging several things in the last couple days. So. 
everything I've heard up to this point, just my first thought was, did did Fury beat this man so hard that he got CTE? He's he's doing all kinds of weird stuff, man. He's set he's setting this video to slow piano music. I don't know if that's him editing it or his people. Uh, just the way he's talking is like. Man, he's quoting, like, I know he's always been a bit religious, but, like, referencing the Bible to do with all this stuff, like, man, what are you doing, Deontay? Like, I said it on Twitter the other day, you can follow me over there, at the Alcast, that um, I've never seen someone's stock, you know, go from so high to so low so quick, like, maybe in a couple cases where someone's done something really terrible, uh, where they perceived to be like a top tier kind of person before that, but Deontay, man, you're not doing yourself any favors saying that his gloves are loaded or no, he's got something in his gloves or no, his gloves were adjusted so his fists were in the improper position. That in other uh, interviews, he's made comments that he didn't feel right since the second he was in the ring, like. Something, uh, his cornerman had put something in his water, like some kind of muscle relaxant. Um, what else has he said? Of course, the earliest comments, like a day after the fight, he said that his legs were shot from the the walkout costume he was wearing. Like, bud, bud, what are you doing, man? It's, uh, I don't know about all that, you know? I don't know about all that. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Old Deontay, man, what can you say? I don't even know what to say about that. Like, I was a bit of a fan of him, not going to lie, before the, the Fury fights. I thought Fury was going to win the first fight and the second fight, but sheesh, it's just it's not a good look, and it's pretty much the unanimous... Uh, it's not like I'm saying that as a hot take. Like, across the boxing community, everyone's saying, like, the best thing for you would have been to say, you know, like, I lost the fight. He was the better man. We can run it back in the trilogy like we were supposed to in December, like we were contracted to. But I feel like the time for that's over now, especially, like, everything he's saying now is, like, borderline fury could take him to court with some of the accusations he's making. Like, saying he's got a dent in the side of the head from something fury had in his gloves. Man, you can get a dent in the side of your head from a heavyweight fist. Have you seen the size of Tyson Fury's fists? The man's six foot seven, two hundred and seventy pounds. Bud, you get hit by something like that. Yeah, man, your head can get a dent in it. That's kind of part of the game, you know? That's heavyweight boxing. Worse has happened to heavyweights in the ring, you know? I mean, he does know that. He's actively talked in the past about wanting a body on his record. That could very well happen in boxing, whether he does it to somebody or somebody does it to somebody else. I'm sure, there's been about a dozen that already happened in uh, the ring this year that you might not get a lot of attention because they happen on smaller shows, but they happen, man. Anyways... So that was that's probably the biggest story in, in the combat sports world. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't. I haven't looked on any of Tyson Fury's social medias today if he's responded in any way. Uh, I think he might just take the higher road, you know, and 
not address it, you know. Especially him talking about his own cornerman, slagging him off, slagging Mark Breland off, the the guy he just fired for essentially saving his ass when the ref wouldn't stop it and his other cornerman didn't want to stop it. Uh, he slagged off Ricky Hatton for uh, allegedly adjusting Tyson's Fury's gloves in between rounds in the corner. Uh, the ref, like... He's just pointing the finger left, right, and center, man. I've always said, it's one of my favorite sayings, it's a lot easier to point the finger than it is to look in the mirror. And accountability is probably the best virtue you can see in somebody, but it's the virtue that in 2020, it's practically, it doesn't exist. And it's like, people are always looking to point the finger, man. Just... Just stop, Deontay, man. You, you're not doing yourself any favors, man. Enough excuses. All right. And we took enough of the show on Deontay Wilder, okay? Until he announces another fighter, there's some more news about this. I'm sure we'll end up talking more about it. But uh, let's move on, shall we? It's been a lot of boxing over the weekend. So we saw uh, Inouye make his U.S. debut over uh, Maloney. And finish him in the seventh round. Big punches, heavy hitter, uh, especially for his weight class. He ended up dropping Maloney uh, a couple times in the fight before he finished him, and it was a pretty decisive victory over a pretty tough opponent. So excited to see what else Inouye can do, especially against some more top tier opponents. <clears throat> we saw Usyk Chisora go down. <coughs> Excuse me. Over in the UK, in the matchroom show, the main event, and uh, Usyk won a unanimous decision. I scored it about uh, eight rounds to four, I believe, as I was watching it for Usyk. We saw Gervonta uh, Davis and Leo Santa Cruz go down again on a US show, main event, and a hellacious, uh, I believe it was a sixth or seventh round uppercut finishes. Um, Santa Cruz has his backs to the ropes and he was trying to fight off the rope throwing some straight punches he hit him with about actually three or four straight punches in a row some were partially getting blocked by Davis's guard but then Davis did this nice little slip to the side and then launched this uppercut from his hip and just absolutely knocked out Santa Cruz cold like knocked him dead and that um, KO went viral across the internet. I think I just saw it on um, YouTube's trending page. It already has two and a half million views in about two days, I guess, because that fight happened Saturday night, which is, yeah, Garbanzo Beans and Gervonta Davis is, seems like the definitely the most vicious puncher at that weight class and looking forward to matches to make after, of course, we see the results of these um, Devin Haney fight, fighting uh, Urioskis Gamboa and Garcia fighting Luke Campbell in the next couple months. As well as, of course, Teofimo Lopez and uh, Lomachenko are right in that mix as well, even though Lomachenko is probably going to go back down in weight, I imagine, after that Teofimo Lopez fight and is going to need some time off after uh, shoulder surgery. As well as I believe I just saw Lopez is going to be going in for surgery as well on his foot. So he'll have some time off as well. So how that whole lightweight division shakes out is going to be very interesting. It's probably 
uh, as deep as it's ever been, especially in the, the top tier. It's very interesting. Other fights that happened on that Usyk Chisora undercard that uh, I watched pretty much most of, I found interesting was the Kembosis Lee Selby fight. Uh, Australian fighter Lee Kembosis, or not Lee Kembosis, George Kembosis versus Lee Selby. And what is interesting about that one I saw was the how the commentators really seemed to favor Selby and what he was doing with his jab, even though he was missing an awful lot of punches. And Kembosis seemed like the more technical, slipping and ripping and uh, landing harder punches. And just the way they were talking about it, saying like, oh, like they were dead shocked that Kembosis got the decision and that... that it just, they were making it sound like he was getting completely outboxed and outclassed, but that's not what I saw at all. And when I went online, it was like, I wasn't the only one that had that opinion, you know? And, uh, yeah, credit to Cambosis for taking that away. Like, he's always fighting on the road and taking these split decisions on the road when they really should just be unanimous decisions for him. And, um, Lee Selby fought well and landed some good jabs, but it's back to the drawing board for him. And uh, I think he's far from done. He's getting older, a little longer in the tooth now, but he's still got some good fights left in him. And as far as Kambosis goes, I believe he became number one mandatory, so he can just wait for a title shot, or I'm sure he'd just like to stay active after a performance like that, so keep his name in people's mouths, you know. And, of course, we saw Savannah Marshall. Uh, Pardon me, but I forget the name of the girl she was fighting, but she won a good uh, unanimous decision. Just, yeah, outboxed her, landed some great combinations, especially down the stretch. It seemed like the other girl was tiring out, and Savannah Marshall just kept turning it up, turning it up, and, yeah, just good coaching in her corner from Peter Fury, and I was very impressed. I didn't know anything about her really before the fight. I'd heard a lot of people praising her on other podcasts, but... Yeah, credit to Savannah Marshall, and I'm excited to see uh, matches down the line with her. And there's already talk of her fighting um, the GWOT, Clarissa Shields, so that would be a great fight. A little UK versus US match. And I think that's it for all the boxing news. A little MMA news going on is uh, Dana White had an interesting press conference where he dropped a couple of gems happening in the next little while that... Uh, McGregor versus Poirier is being officially signed for next year, so that fight's happening, I think, in um, January. <clears throat> as well as Adesanya versus Blackowitz, Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champ, moving up to fight the light heavyweight champ, newly crowned light heavyweight champ, Jan Blackowitz. was actually a fight I didn't see coming, but I'm very excited for to see how that goes. Like, can Israel cope with like the size and power of a true light heavyweight in Jan Blockwitz and can Jan Blockwitz deal with the uh, top tier striking prowess of a elite striker like Israel Adesanya? And not like you can't uh, forget though that Israel Adesanya does have uh, boxing and kickboxing fights with guys a lot bigger than him already, heavyweights as well as light heavyweights. So. Uh, it might just be because I stand out of Sonia, but I'm leaning a little towards out of Sonia at the moment to win that fight over Jan, even though I'm a big fan of Jan as well as how he carries himself and his style. And he did look great in his last fight with Reyes, and his, he's been getting better and better recently, but so is out of Sonia. And 
Adesanya just seems to have like that special something that some of these guys have that you never would want to bet against him. And coming off like a destroyer like Paulo Costa is actually a good uh, warm-up, I think, for a guy like Jan Blockwitz because they have a kind of similar style where they, they come forward and throw heavy shots. And that's a style that Israel seems like he's very adept at going against as a, like, uh, I don't know if you'd call him a counter-striker, but he's definitely good at counter-striking. I just call him an elite striker in general because... I think he's great at counter-striking. It's not that I don't think that. It's just I think that he's good at going forward as well. It's just like what kind of situation you put at him. He's kind of a, a chameleon in the ring. He can adapt to his environment, you know? As far as that McGregor-Poirier fight goes, even though McGregor's been out of the ring so long, I almost want to lean towards him because he's been back in his old boxing gym. He seems like he's got some of his focus back. And his striking style, I just always thought, matched up with a guy like Poirier well. Even though Poirier's hands has gotten a lot better and he's stayed more active. So I think it'll certainly be um, more competitive than the first fight was. And the uh, UFC card that went down over the weekend, of course, we saw Anderson Silva retire in the ring, hang up the gloves. Um, and Uriah Hall obviously carried himself with class and uh, knocked him down in the end of the third round and then finished him in the fourth round or it might have been knocked him down in the end of the second and finished him in the third either way it was a good fight uh, kind of was expected even though I didn't want to pick against Anderson but he is 45 and a little longer in the tooth and you know father time is undefeated and credit to Uriah Hall for getting the dub and moving on at middleweight so that'll be a good fight to see in the next little while you know and I hope Anderson Silva just stays retired, um, enjoys his retirement. He's made plenty of money. He doesn't need to fight anymore. And I'm sure he can find plenty of other things to do to uh, make some money if that's what he wants to do. But maybe help train and develop some of these younger fighters. And, um, yeah, he's he's done enough for the sport. He's a, he was a great, great, great fighter, ambassador, followed his career since early back in the day. And, um, nothing but respect for Anderson Silva, man, the Spider-Man. Uh, what more can you say about him, really? He's on the MMA Mount Rushmore, I'd say, whatever you think about uh, some other things that went down during his career. And some people say about uh, popping for PEDs or other substances. It's just like, man, you can't look at his run and how he carried himself. And yeah, MMA Mount Rushmore for sure. I wouldn't call him my MMA greatest of all time or pound for pound, whatever, but he is definitely one of my top 10, if not top 5 favorite fighters ever. And probably will stay that way just from nostalgia purposes, you know. And we've also seen in MMA news that Henry Cejudo is, keeps talking, even though he's retired, about wanting that fight with uh, current featherweight champ Alex Volkanovsky, who trains out of... Uh, city kickboxing as well as um i can't remember the name of his other gym in australia that he trains with his original gym but he trains out of a couple different gyms and saying that's the fight he wants he wants to go for another belt to become the bantam or not the you know, the bantamweight the flyweight and the featherweight champ as well as he always talks about his uh olympic wrestling and college wrestling credentials 
And, you know, I think he could do it, man. Volkanovski and Cejudo, that would be an interesting fight. The size difference versus just, like, the elite ability of a guy like Henry Cejudo. It might be, it, I think it'd certainly be Alex Volkanovski's t- toughest test to date. So I'm excited to see if uh, Dana White brings out the money bags and gets Cejudo in there against Volkanovski. I think that fight should happen uh, sometime early next year. Let's hope for a date and get Henry Cejudo back in the ring because he's not done yet. I think he's got uh, one more belt left in him as much as people love to hate on the guy for being the, uh, the, the cringe king, but you can't hate on his resume, man. He's put in some work over the years. You got to give him uh, a little respect for that, you know? And other fight news, but this time on the football field, on the old gridiron, yesterday we saw a, a little brawl between, was it the... Um, Chicago Bears and the New Orleans Saints. It was a wide receiver versus a corner. Classic matchup there on the field where um, Wims went against Gardner Johnson, which kind of uh, instigated a team brawl. Wims saying that Gardner Johnson spit on him while he was on the field, and then he just started swinging on the guy, throwing some wild punches like a Grand Theft Auto character, and uh, allegedly could get some disciplinary action, either fine or suspension for, I imagine, a couple of games the way they were throwing down on the football field, but it's not always I get to cover, like, fight news on the football field, so I decided I might as well talk about it, you know? <laughs> and I'm already running pretty long, and we've just gotten through all the fight news. Maybe I'll just quickly um, roll through some football news. So if you're only interested in the fight news, you can tune out now because we're getting into the gridiron but I'll just quickly bump out a few uh, hot topics in the world of football. So we have the um, Bucks new York Giants game tonight. I got the Bucks winning that one by uh, two scores, so you, you can bet them heavy on the over if you feel like it. You know, if you don't, that's on you, but that's what I'm saying. They're probably going to win by 10-plus. And, uh, yeah, they look great coming in. They just got Antonio Brown on the roster. Uh, they lost a couple guys from injuries, but yeah, the Bucks are getting better and better. Um, Belichick's looking like he's missing Brady a lot over in New England. Uh, they just lost to the Bills yesterday, the Patriots, and uh, luckily they got the um, the Jets next week, so that should at least be a dub for the Pats, so they can stay competitive in their division, the AFC East. And uh, yeah, excited to see those matchups go down. And yesterday we also saw my Baltimore Ravens lose uh, in a close game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unfortunately, you know it was. I watched the game and it was just it was a bad game really for us. Like we ran the ball well, but that's all you could say about our offense. Our pass game was non-existent. Uh, the Steelers just continuously heated up after the uh, first half of the game was done. We had them in the first half and they had us in the second half. And to win games in the NFL, you know. It's a cliche, but you got to play four quarters. And you can't just lay off the gas and take your foot off the throat after you're only up by, like, I think 10 points at the end of the first half or whatever it was. And we just, we just let them back in the game, man. And they showed, honestly, that they were the, the more well-rounded team at this point. And there's still a lot of growing and developing and... Uh, things that need to be done for the Ravens, I think, to say that we're 
I wouldn't say a playoff team. I'd say we're a playoff team right now, like a wild card type team, but we're definitely not a Super Bowl team at the moment, unfortunately. And that's not a hot take if you look at some of the Ravens fandom out there, what people are saying. It's we gotta we gotta do better, man. And the Broncos had an epic comeback in the late game last night. I watched that game as well because I had uh, Justin Herbert on my fantasy squad. Uh, came back and won the game on the final play. Nice little play action rollout pass. Drew Locke threw one to the end zone. And the point after attempt won them the game by one point against the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Chargers, another team that uh, got an early lead and kind of took their foot off the gas, man. You can't be comfortable with a 10 or 14 point league. In the NFL, I've always said, like, one of the worst things a team can do is start playing conservative after they get a lead because yeah it just it doesn't work in the NFL man you got to stay aggressive I'd say yeah only get into that conservative like run only strategy if you're up by like 28 points maybe because (laughs) teams are never out of it man they'll come back quicker than you think when you're when you're playing from behind man you got a chip on your shoulder and you know you have to play aggressively so yeah credit to the broncos and drew Locke though he looked he looked clutch in the fourth quarter i like that uh young quarterback over there in denver uh watch the eagles cowboys game as well because i had fulham on my uh fantasy team luckily the best uh receiver on the eagles at the moment Cowboys looked a little better than last week, but still not great. Didn't score a touchdown, just three field goals, and the Eagles' defense pretty much smashed them for most of the game. Their offense wasn't that great, but they did enough to win. Bum, 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 all kinds of trade rumors going on in the NFL. We just saw Avery Williamson get traded from the Jets over to the Steelers. A good middle linebacker acquisition for the Steelers for a couple, uh, a little pick exchange. Will Fuller's been in uh, constant trade rumors. The wide receiver on the Texans saying the Packers are heavily interested in him at the moment. Uh, Tight end on the Browns who's not getting uh, the snaps that he wants right now. David Njoku's in all kinds of trade rumors. Dwayne Haskins, the now um, backup QB on the Washington football team, formerly starting QB on the Washington football teams in some trade rumors. As well as uh, the Jets, Cowboys, and Patriots have all been rumored to be uh, selling as many pieces as possible because they're kind of in sell-off mode trying to get uh, draft picks for next year as they're kind of looking to rebuild and, yeah, just renege their, their franchises after some kind of um, less-than-stellar performances early in the years. <clears throat> Um, that about covers it all. I'll give you a little update on my fantasy squad. Just, we got a few new pieces and new draft picks over the last little while. Uh, I'm currently 30 points down in my matchup for this week. As long as Ronald Jones II and Gronk come in tonight for me, though, I, I could win. I'm, I'm down 20 about 23 points or something like that actually so yeah no in a perfect world in a perfect world you know i could get the win but i don't know if they got 30 points between those two guys they're only projected to get about 21 so on my team right now i got justin herbert at qb 
uh, Robbie Anderson, wide receiver, Travis Fulham at wide receiver, Daryl Henderson Jr. at running back, Ronald Jones II, running back two, my tight ends Rob Gronkowski, uh, my flex is Justin Jefferson, wide receiver for the Vikings, and sitting on the bench right now I got um, Jared McKinnon, uh, backup running back on the San Francisco 49ers, even though he's their current running back because Raheem Mostert's injured. I got Devontae Parker, wide receiver on the Dolphins. Chase Claypool, uh, rookie wide receiver on the Steelers. I got Josh Kelly, running back, um, backup running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's in right now for injured um, Austin Eckler, even though it seems like Howard, I believe the guy's name, is getting more touches. Hunter Henry, tight end on the Chargers. I know I ended up with all these guys on the Chargers. Didn't even try to. It just kind of happened, you know. And backup quarterback, I got old Cammy Newton. Uh, he's got a good matchup next week against the Jets. That's why I picked him up. And sitting on the old IR this week, I got Devonta Freeman, Giants running back, uh, Alan Lazard, however you say his name, the Laser, <laughs> uh, wide receiver for the Packers, and of course Raheem Mostert, running back for the San Francisco 49ers. And as always, I got a couple Baltimore boys, as in my boy Justin Tucker, coming in kicker for the the Baltimore Ravens, you know, Mr. 50-plus yard field goal, making it look like light work, and the Baltimore Ravens defense as well. Kind of let me down a bit yesterday against the Steelers. But who do we got next week anyways? We'll look here. Ravens got um, bum, 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 Indianapolis next week. Okay, I like that game. <laughs> I was thinking I might want to grab another different defense. But I think I'll keep them in if we're playing Indy. Um, even though they put up 41 yesterday, uh, they don't got me shook how their offense is just yet. I think Phillip Rivers throws quite a few picks, and they, their turnovers are pretty good, and our defense is pretty good at creating turnovers. So I'm looking forward to that matchup next week for my defense. And as always, you know, guys, we've reached the end of the pod here, 30-plus minutes. Hope you've enjoyed plenty of football and fighting content. Um, be kind to each other out there. Uh, keep those wheel kicks pumping. Um, give some respect to the Spider Anderson Silva this week. Throw him a shout out on Instagram or wherever if you've ever watched any of his fights and enjoyed his fights. Um, it's never easy retiring and hanging up the gloves as we've seen over the years. Lots of fighters come back after their retirements and get hurt so we don't want to see that from anderson so just give him some support this week if you can if you uh yeah just give credit to the spider man peace out be kind subscribe to the podcast if you feel like it comment where you can tell a friend all that good stuff appreciate you guys for listening as always peace mm-hmm.